This episode is brought to you by Interactive Brokers, where clients earn interest of up to 3.33% on the idle cash in their brokerage accounts. That's just one of the many reasons clients use Interactive Brokers to trade stocks, options, futures, currencies, bonds, funds, crypto, and more. Visit ibkr.com slash interest rates to learn more. The Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company, from seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. Crypto meltdown. It's a long time coming, and I have a few things to say. The midterms, what happened there? CPI dips and markets rip. Earnings outlook, well, it dims. All this and much more on episode number 790 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Hey there, it's Hurricane Horowitz here in the center of the storm this week. Actually, it wasn't that bad. It was a tropical storm, a depression. It was a regular old, just like a bad summer storm here in Florida. Fortunately, there's a lot of it was a lot of rain, but fortunately not a lot of damage. In fact, uh, one of the things that was really interesting is the wind was pretty rough for a little while there. On uh, what day was that? That was on Wednesday evening. But throughout the night, we had some power outage down here in South Florida. And uh, one of the one things that was really interesting was, and I tweeted this, there was, a, there was a moment that the tide had rise so high because we had a combination of the strong winds, the storm surged to a degree where the storm was pushing the tide. And then on top of it, we had the king tide where we have this gravitational pull from the moon that uh, pushes things. I don't know if it was... Something to do with crypto to the moon or not, or the moon was pissed off. But we had the king tides, and the tide was up to the top of what's called my cap, which is the top of where the dock is. Not up to where my house is. you got to walk up a few stairs to get to the next level, and then there's a grade up to the house. So we had five feet still. But it was up to the dock, and other docks in my area were underwater significantly. Things were floating. Yes, they were. But that was more of a... Uh, a, a normal thing this time of year when you have the king tides, and this was the big one for the year. Big one. So listen, thanks for joining me. Welcome to uh, the podcast. We want to welcome Interactive Brokers back. They've been, uh, they were out for a while, but uh, back as supporters of the show and thank them so much and the team over at Interactive Brokers for getting uh, things going here again. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. I wanted to um, talk about a few different things before we get started. Quick introduction again. Uh, Andrew Horowitz is really the name, not Hurricane, Hurricane Horowitz. Uh, I am the president and I am the founder of Horowitz & Company. We are investment advisors and we manage money and we help people like you. And what we talk about on the show here each and every week is, is substantive matters that are timely and useful. Things that you need to understand, learn, to get a better understanding of finance and the markets and investments in order to put it all together 
to provide a, a full and complete package. We don't, we don't give you, it's impossible to do so, a, a full, okay, here's how you start, here's how you finish, here's how you package it, every single show. It's, it's a little tidbit. We talk about what's going on. It's a discussion that goes both ways because I get a lot of email questions from you and those questions are then put into, in, into my thinking and comes out in a podcast. That's what happens. And what happens with the news and the items that are of, of importance for the week and what we think is happening moving forward because that is something we do every single day at the offices, right? The whole idea is to, is to, to understand what's happening with regard to the the outlook. Now, before we get any further, and I want to talk about some of the things that happened. Clearly, we have to talk about what happened in the crypto space throughout the week. And, and it was, it was, it was fast and furious. It was in your face. It didn't stop. But I want to answer a question because this is something that I've gotten so many times. And I want to hopefully clarify this because a lot of people have asked me in the past, they said, hey, in emails, hey, Andrew. And by the way, if you want to go to the email, uh, to email me something, go over to the disciplineinvestor.com. There's an Ask Andrew button at the top. Ask any question that you have. And the question goes something like this. Hey, Andrew, you know, I hear that you do all this work in areas of investing and all that, but, you know, I have an IRA. Do you handle IRAs? Do you handle 401k rollovers? And just to be clear, when someone handles investments, when they're an investment advisor and they can open up theoretically individual accounts and joint accounts and uh, maybe custodial accounts for the kids or maybe in 529 accounts, I don't know, name your name your type of account. They can utilize and, and, and handle things like IRAs as well usually. And yes, we do. We handle 401k rollovers. There's a lot of those that come through when people are no longer working at their current firm. They decide, hey, you know, uh, what am I going to do? Should I leave the money here? at the firm that I used to work at? Should I roll it into my new 401k at the company I'm working at? Or should I do a self-directed IRA? And that's what we do. We help you decide on some of that and also to utilize the opportunities available in a self-directed IRA that gives you a very wide range of choices of investing. Now, sometimes it may make sense to leave the money at the 401k. That's a, a this, this all sorts of reasons why. It could be issues about uh, loans. It could be issues about uh, judgments against you. There could be things about maybe spousal consent in certain states. But generally speaking, the idea of having a direct rollover in a self-directed IRA where you get the opportunity to invest pretty much in anything you want rather than what happens in a 401k, which is traditionally only mutual funds, unless you have a an IRA, excuse me, a 401k that allows for separate uh, account management, which is not that often. So that opportunity is very beneficial to a lot of people. So the range of opportunities, alternatives, options, that's great. But we also work with people in that area in IRAs, retirement plans. Uh, and if you're a company that has a retirement plan, that's something we could help you with as well. Just something because it was asked so much. And I don't know where the confusion lies, to be honest with you. I'm not exactly clear as to why there's a differential, but there is. So if you have a 401k that you're like, ah, I don't know how this is working out for me. I can't manage it. That's when you want to give us a call or email. We're not calling. Just, just send me a note and we'll figure out what to do with you. <laughs> we'll help you out, okay? So um, 
that tangent is now cleared up, I hope. And I wanted to take a moment because I think there's also a lot of concern and question about what happened this week in the area of the cryptocurrencies, which went haywire. This all started, started actually some time ago. We saw a lot of things going on with the highly levered and very uh, high-yielding crypto space that companies tried to create this magical way of holding assets and providing a significant interest rate, and that didn't work out. We're not going to name all the companies, but basically they pretty much went under. Now, to the rescue of that came FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, it was being called the JP Morgan of the crypto space where he would come in as a white knight and say, you know what? Ah, you know, there are problems here. There's no questions of problems with regard to all this. But uh, the problem is the, 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 the overall absorption of much of this was, well, clearly problematic in the end because it, to a degree, poison some of the, the the assets, it seems, of, of FTX. That's not the exact reason. And, and what's happening here, by the way, just to dif differentiate, is not necessarily the entirety, which it could be, of FTX, but it's the offshore, non-U.S. structure of FTX. And one of the things that happens in outside of the U.S. is there is availability of margin and leverage, and it's not so common in trading practices here in the U.S. with U.S. firms. So that's something. But Tuesday night, news broke that FTX, the, the second largest, the newly, uh, the new stadium name in Florida, the Miami Arena is now FTX Arena, obviously not for much longer. The news broke about FTX having liquidity problems. And the thought that Binance, which was another crypto exchange, was going to help maybe provide liquidity, bail them out, buy them out, do something. Now, again, these are the international division of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, Binance, which is offshore, non-U.S. And there was a tweet that night. I want you to think about this. Binance said they're going to conduct due diligence in the coming days as the next step toward an acquisition of FTX. Now, I want to just put this in the right perspective. This is happening on the fly. This stuff is cratering and going down the token that was utilized as the currency of valuation for FTX is like plummeting. Now, this is after Binance said, you know, we're out of this deal. We got this as part of a spinoff or it's not a spinoff, but a, a part of a deal that we had. Uh, and you know what? We This last week, we're going to, you know, we're selling. And that was like, huh? Now there's no confidence in the FTX token. And uh, now, and by the way, for anybody in the crypto space, if you don't like my terminology of all this, I'm trying to just explain this so people understand this, okay? So let's not get carried away. Don't send me all these emails like, wow, you know, it was really this kind of token and that. It was, the, it was a, I don't want to hear it. I'm just trying to explain basically what went on here and, and how this air pocket appeared in liquidity so quickly and freaked out the entire crypto space. So Binance says, hey, we don't really have confidence, essentially, in the token of FTX. We're getting rid of it. We're, you know, we, we had two point, I think it was $2.1 billion in totality in this deal, and we're selling it all. And all of a sudden, this thing starts cratering. 
So that night they said, we're going to, after they did this in a way, <laughs> who knows if they were trying to burn their competition. Think about that for a second. Binance saying they're going to sell FTX's uh, token. And FTX says they're going to do their due diligence in the coming days as of the next step towards acquisition of FTX. I responded in a tweet. I said, what if the due diligence turns up something uglier and the deal is off? That was like the second they pushed it out. I said, of course, that would not be good for anyone in this space. Wednesday morning, fast forward. Binance tweets, they're leaning towards ending plans for an FTX takeover after it looked at the financials according to Coindesk. Oh, this is, according, this is actually a news item according to Coindesk. I was so pissed off about this. I was really, really aggravated. So I followed up later that day. I said, you know, looking worse by the minute. Binance appears to be out. Either a very shrewd competitor killing off their competition or a real mess at FTX. I said, good work, fellas, with your bad math, moonshot promises, and need to change everything just because. I said, you lose. Then at 4 p.m. on Wednesday... This happened starting the beginning of the week. Really got to a fever pitch Tuesday into Wednesday. By 4 p.m. Tuesday, FTX is basically talking about bankruptcy. And Bitcoin starts to move the lows of the day and report that Binance has officially walked away from the FTX deal. Bitcoin is down near 16,300, down about 20% in two days. Now, that doesn't include any of the other altcoins or even Ethereum or anything else out there. Things are really doing poorly, <laughs> you know? Um, and this is really bad because all of a sudden, this name, this Sam Bankman-Fried is a concern. What happened here? Officially, a few minutes later, more news came out. The Binance has walked away from the FTX deal saying issues are beyond its control. Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, potentially, Sam Bankman-Fraud. Interesting, right? So, I think we need to get real here for a second. I, I, I think we need to really, just for a moment... Talk about the Pumpers, the Scaramucci's, and the Sailors, and the Pomplianos, and all the others that thought this was like it. This was the next big thing because they all believed it. Like some, like some carnival act and mass hypnotism creating a new religion. That's kind of what happened here with breakaway sex, like the altcoin, NFTs and the rest of that total crap that is now worthless. And, and my, my God, think about it. What an incredible waste of government stimulus. Right? What a waste of hard-earned money. All that money that went into various cryptocurrencies, NFTs, buying those stupid apes, the Bored Ape platform, all the other... NFTs, everybody got all jazzed up about that we're going to start trading in JPEGs. <laughs> Every time I think about it, it makes me laugh. Seriously, think about it. Think about the stupidity of that. 
It makes Beanie Babies look like a viable investment. The scarcity factor, at least, with Beanie Babies could be theoretically real. The scarcity factor with a JPEG? No, I don't think so. Sam Bankman Freed, who lost 94% of his wealth in days. In days. That's not the way to play the game. That is not the way to play the game. Unless, of course, you're an influencer, which is no more than a bullshit artist putting up pictures that, you know, look like really they're not. In other words, they, they put up falsities and, and, and things that make you want to believe and false advertisements. And I don't understand why no governmental agency, agency has been on this to any degree, the things that go on, these these carnival barkers and the SPAC barkers. Remember Chamath Palihapitiya? I mean, can you please just stop it? I mean, most of these companies are being, fortunately or unfortunately, humanely or not, putting out of their misery. And that's maybe something good. But there's still a hotbed of activity on social media, which is also going to have a reckoning, and it is, it is having a reckoning the abuse that goes on in trying to trick people to believe what you want them to believe, the constant salesmanship, this is where you do not want to be caught up. And this is not what a disciplined investor believes in or utilizes. Even the mighty TikTok lowered their guidance this week. And again, maybe there's this, this awakening into the damage that some of these are doing to society. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe see, people don't care. I mean, you got to think about all the things that we don't care about, how what damage it does that we keep doing anyway and just keeps on rolling along and there's no oversight. Or if there is oversight, it's not a lot. But the desire to twist us into believing that there is an easier way, a, a get-rich-quick scheme for markets, there isn't. There just isn't. And, and I think that it bears a moment to discuss that sometimes we can look at these speculative in instruments and say, okay, there's something interesting to invest in on a speculative basis. But then when you start to get to a fever pitch and starts to get ridiculous where everybody is doing it, maybe we start to realize, well, the contrarian in me thinks that maybe there's something I should be thinking about and start going toward more the tried and true, and maybe it's not so bad doing the old boomer, old school, hey, old dude kind of investing. And, and I got to bring up something here at this point right now that I think is is really, well, I, 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 I got to tell you, if, if you think that bonds have had their day in the sun, which they may have to a point, but that they're never coming back, you got another thing to learn. Listen, bonds all of a sudden, they're pretty interesting investments. And I want to bring in here right now Interactive Brokers because with Interactive Brokers Bond Marketplace, you can have access to a vast selection of global fixed income securities. And one of the things that's really interesting is the ability to search deep availability on over 1 million bonds that they have globally, not just in the U.S., but globally. And IBKR has no markups. 
or built-in spreads, and they have low, fully transparent commissions on their bonds. That's You don't find that everywhere. And when you look at the, 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 the marketplace, what they have is the ability to, you, you can see the highest bids and the lowest offers, and this is all from the, the mass amount of electronic venues that are out there. And you can access this, it's so easy to do. And in, in addition, this is the important part, clients and, 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 you know, you have the ability to interact with each other by placing bids and offers online to execute their trades. So you can learn more about this. And I think, again, a pretty timely time to look at where the market is for bonds right now, considering what we saw with CPI this week, which we're going to talk about that as well. Go to ibkr.com slash bonds. That's ibkr.com slash bonds. Now, I mentioned uh, for a moment there the CPI number that we saw this week, which is a little bit better than was expected, a little bit lighter. There was some data about cost of housing that came down a bit. You would expect with all the massive increase that we saw, not only here but around the world with regard to central banks, that eventually we'd have to see them, some things slow down. In fact, that's what the markets were telling you, whether it was the bond market, the currency market, uh, whether it was the equity market. The fact is that we were finding that things are slowing down. We heard it from company after company in their latest earnings. We talked about it with Frank last week that there was that. And then that magic move on Thursday where we saw the CPI, that was pretty astounding. CPI come in a little bit lighter than expected and a 5% move almost instantaneously on the NASDAQ, taking back pretty much all that it lost the week before in the last couple of days. And then not only that, the small caps and the dollar moved down substantially. What's interesting to note about that is that there were opportunities that were right in front of you if you wanted to really reach out. Look, I talked to clients this week a lot about those. The idea that, you know, we're really set up well for if we see a stabilization in bond yields and that would also trigger the opportunity to make money on our non-U.S. denominated investments. That's exactly what looks like is going on right now. But I'm going to talk about that in a second. I'm going to tease that point because I want to come back to the role in the rant that I was on. And I want to talk about the crypto coin, whatever by name, whatever you want to call it, whether it's, you know, the, 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 the Bitcoin, the Ethereum, the Litecoin, I don't care. The idea itself Interesting, not a bad idea. But what happened? Where was the downfall? Because this idea that we had an independent currency, theoretically, or store of value, or theoretically, or an investment, theoretically, that was out of the hands of governments and it was independent, there was some transparency, but yet there was some privacy, all these things, protection, these things, and, 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 and a payment system and also a, um, uh, a way to easily, theoretically, with little friction, move money around, all these things. Great idea. Great ideas. All, all In totality, great. But what happened? The fact is that it was bastardized once again, just like when we saw that low interest rates, what did it do, or stimulus money that came out, it was thrown in just to the wrong places and the wrong people got the worst ideas. And so many thought that they could outsmart the system. They knew better. Out with the old junk, in with the new. The elitist, the Bitcoin maximalists, right? 
They went into a great thing and then devised schemes to lever positions and twist it around and change it with nothing backing up. They had nothing backing them. It should be criminal what would happen. And they will get away with all this, especially the ones that were smart enough to get out early. And my concern right now is that the fall of the coin will actually be a negative on markets at large. Because while it doesn't appear that the the coin industry, again, I'm using that as a loose term right now, uh, or, or, you know, the whole entire crypto uh, complex is large enough to be relevant to cause a full-blown financial crisis, it's just one more thorn in the side of investors, one more concern with regulators. Moreover, moreover, uh, it can have a ripple effect, can it? Can it really just create more negativity in the economy? I mean, think about all the people that that bet their bankroll on the opportunity to invest in one of these coins. And now all of a sudden there's not much left. Now they were using that as a, as a ATM for a while. They kept on taking more and more money out and kept on growing bigger and bigger, buying all sorts of things that they wanted. And all that's happened now is a full and total collapse from where it was. And those people that were buying expensive watches with their Bitcoin winnings and wines. Now a lot of them have pulled out their money. I've talked to people that would swear by Ethereum for years that told me they pulled out a few weeks ago. They were done, finished, don't even want to see it again. The whole thing's a scam. That's what they said. Now, I'm not saying that. As a matter of fact, in full uh, transparency, I own a very small amount of Bitcoin, and I own a smaller piece but a decent amount of Ethereum. Uh, decent enough, enough to, to, to make some, you know, to, to, to have it as a, hey, I got that, right? Not... You know, it's 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 smaller than a bread basket. Uh, you know, bigger than a matchbook. But it was fun while it lasted, and the fact also remains that this is all deflationary. This is definitely this is a short term knock on the economy. Make 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 absolutely no mistake about this. And the question really we should be asking is, you know, what now? What do we do? How do we get clean this up? Because when you look at what's gone on, we have a a, a crisis. And we've seen crises before and we know what to do. There's a plan. There's a way. There's, there's a secret sauce. And that's really to keep a cool head. Now, I'm not suggesting you do so in the NFTs that are worthless or even in positions here or there. But, you know, you want to gravitate towards quality. When we are in an environment that the economy is slowing down, interest rates are higher, there's concern and negativity, where confidence is now starting to wane dramatically, this is not the time to be in uber-speculative places that have no backing. This is not the time that you want to buy something based on a napkin that has a few numbers scribbled on it. This is not the time that you want to look at those crazy Hail Mary deals that are out there in the metaverse. This is a time to check, recheck, and have discipline. Now, as a disciplined investor, I'll be the first to admit that you don't always have to be 100% disciplined. What I mean by that is, you know, there are times to invest in speculative assets. 
ideas that crop up. Maybe there's a little piece of a land project that you're like, oh, you know, I don't exactly know all about this, but I have my CPA and this one and that one that is telling me it's an interesting thing to get involved with. And maybe I'll put a small amount of money. That's not discipline. But, you know, it is somewhat of a diversification. But it's your that, that's, the, that's the fun, the speculative side of things. And again, we've seen these crisis type of moments that get turned around by either some regulatory action, some change in the plan, some stoppage of a war. And that's interesting. Now, in this environment, though, I think it's important to understand that when you are full-on attacking these kinds of situations with knowledge that there's a lot of fear creeping in, and there is, when, when that happens, you get, Emotions, And you also get uh, people not thinking clearly. They start doing things for the very wrong reasons where you, as a disciplined investor, can come in in the cleanup committee. We look outward. We don't focus on what's happening right now. We look for the charm in the future. And as we're in an inflationary environment and the U.S. dollar is running higher, rates are running higher, what has been affected the most, we have to ask ourselves, and is that going to change? What has gone off the deep end to a level that's just insane, that got really sold off to a place that's just, frankly, stupid and fundamentally doesn't make any sense? Things like certain metals and foreign markets and REITs and bonds, currencies, and those things that are affected by all those are the instruments that really got hurt very dramatically. Didn't they? And with that in mind, we have to start thinking about a rebalance approach. We saw that this year, the value side of the equation, the Vanguard value index was down like 4% the other day for the year where the growth was down like 22. And when we start looking at the spreads where we see that the, the foreign bonds that are hedged versus unhedged have 11% differential, and that's all due to currencies, maybe there's some thought as, hey, let's put some money to work in those areas. The things that really affected that 50-50 or 60-40 portfolio this year dramatically, the idea that we saw a significant amount of erosion of portfolio value in a diversified approach compared to what we saw in history. And in our recent client webinar, we talked about that, you know, you look back 100 years and you see only six times, 6% of the time, a very small handful of times that a 60-40 portfolio had over 11% loss in any given year. And here we are in 2022, we're seeing, you know, a 17% loss or whatever it may be in a, just a, a standard 60-40 portfolio when you look at the indices. That's not right. That doesn't make any sense that that's going to stay that way. The Fed had to keep their foot on the brake, and they had to continue to verbally keep a chokehold on people believing that they will, in fact, raise rates. Now that number of a 75 basis point increase at the next meeting in December has dropped to about a 22% probability. So we're looking at the highest potential probability of an increase will be 50 basis points, which, by the way, is still pretty good. 
That's still pretty significant, but not the 75 basis points. And Europe this week, a bunch of numbskulls there in that department, have said that we think we're really close to peak inflation. Okay, they may be because of what's going on with their energy costs. But I don't buy that they have any knowledge, really, or any ability to forecast. They, they haven't shown so in any very long time. So now we're in a situation that all of a sudden we get a really decent, well, it's not decent, it's it's a uh, significant, uh, I think a, uh, a significant move, it's not significant, it's a reasonable move lower in the interest rate assumptions that we saw moving forward with CPI, but that's only one tick. I think that the, 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 we are getting closer to peak inflation. It's going to level off. By the way, let's be clear. It is going to level off. Higher prices are here and they're here to stay, but the growth of those prices is going to level off over time. Question is when? Question is how do we, at what point? And how does that affect the bottom line, the margins, and the profitability of companies? I mean, the, the numbers we saw this week were miserable. But yet, the reaction on, but there's a Thursday, was unbelievable in terms of a short squeeze off of the bottoms. Maybe many of those companies were sold, and they should have been. Maybe there's a lot more to come. Fact is, I talked last week and the week before about uh, the seasonality, and I've been writing this to our clients, the seasonality impact of what we're going to see post-midterm elections and, of course, into the end of the year, what could happen. And I think right now is an interesting time to start thinking about adding some positioning to portfolios. We hate to do it on a high, but really all we got back was the loss from last week, this week. So we're still at a nothing burger level, right? But it seems pretty, pretty incredible what happened. So when we look at those areas, again, commodities, metals, foreign uh, equities, emerging markets, uh, REITs, foreign and domestic, and bonds still staying short duration. But yet at the same time, they are seeing a really healthy move as interest rates on the 10-year came flying below 4% on that print of the CPI. Now, listen, markets are vulnerable to every single topic. You would have thought that the continuation of a non-red wave, what even happened with these elections? Let's step into that arena for a second. Weren't we supposed to see this huge red wave and a takeover of the Senate and the House by the Republicans? And for weeks, everybody was talking about the possibility and probabilities. And it really, it was eh, eh, nothing. It wasn't a wave. It was more of a just a flow. It was more of just a, a normal level of change and restructuring of the the numbers. I think I, I, it was amazing to me. Markets weren't happy about that necessarily because really markets are much more comfortable with a divided government, with a gridlock, if you will, in Washington. In fact, I talked about this on DH Unplugged this week. DH Unplugged myself and John uh, Tuesdays. Uh, each and every Tuesday, we get together. Uh, the The interesting thing was that there is a mutual fund that is, or a strategy, I should even say, that is dedicated to investing 
when Congress is out of session, they put money into the market. And when they're in session, they take money out of the market. It's an on or off. The studies have found by them that Congress does more harm than good when creating laws on the general investment markets. <laughs> That's pretty funny if you think about it. The fact is that, you know, they are bad for investing because they are boneheaded and make stupid decisions. Here we are right now where the thought and the hope was that we'd have massive gridlock where there would be nothing to be done in Washington over the next two years. And you may say, well, how is that good? Well, less stimulus means less work for the Fed. The Fed does not have to combat the continuation of excess amount of money is being flooded to the markets that will create more inflation. Even though the last thing that was put out was the Inflation Reduction Act, we all know that was BS. We all know that was a great name. We all know it was for political reasons that that was named what it was. But in fact, it was more Inflation Flaming Act than anything else. Any thought of giving stimulus to people that does not have the ability to, that, that won't have the ability to create more stimulus from that is just being silly. The truth is that any money that is given for free to people, whether they need it or not, is generally inflationary because the opposite is true, that if they're not buying things and doing things, however awful that may be, it's deflationary. That's just eco 101, simple facts. And I want to restate that, again, I think that there is an opportunity with moving into the contrarian side of the opposite things that have, in fact, moved away from us recently into what is potentially going to be the next stage of not so much of a rally, but of a correction of the corrective action in the markets. This is not a green thumb, go ahead, bull move, because I never do so. Balance, I think, is really important. I think that is really important when we look at our portfolios, the disciplined nature of all of it. And to go back to what we were talking about with crypto, the idea that these, these false prophets that were saying all the right things because they had a great vocabulary and a way of talking about things and a way of explaining things that made you be like, oh my God, that guy seems so smart. Listen to this guy talk about all these wonderful things that it creates. I mean, social justices, and we're going to have equality and all these things because we have a new currency or a new investment. That's like me saying, you know what? Hey, you know what? I am going to IPO Horowitz and Company. And you know, I got to tell you, we are going to create the most incredible level of diversity in the world by doing so. Just invest with us. So you want me to buy your stock and somehow that itself in itself, the not what you're going to do, but buying the stock itself is somehow going to create diversity in the world that is acceptable by everybody and this and that. Or how about this? You know what? If you buy, if, send me, send me a million dollars. And you know what? I, I guarantee you, this is going to create an incredible uh, level of, of uh, reduction in the carbon footprint in the world. What? Just some of the things they were talking about, was, was right out of the book of insanity. And these influencers and these Pied Pipers and these false prophets, the Scaramucci's, the Sailors, the Pompliano's, the, 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 the Sam Bankman fraud, and all that went along with them, come on. Really disappointing that, that we fell for it again. And it won't be the last time. I've been around long enough. I've seen this before. We're going to see it again. 
every time when there's easy money, every time when the Fed makes a mistake that leans on the side of excess stimulus and money into the markets, it's going to pop up these kinds of situations that are grand experiments that will eventually end in disaster due to the fact that the people that are leading this thing really have a twisted notion of what finance is. You have to have earnings at the end of the day. The path to profitability discussion by people like Lyft and by Uber that don't have any path to, uh, to, to profitability, where you have these, these private equity funds that are just dousing capital and these owners that think they're so good at what they do because they keep on just putting on new employees to cover up the mess. I've said this before, if you haven't heard me talk about this, it's simply chocolate icing over a pile of dog, dog crap. It looks good from the outside, but my God, don't take a bite of that thing. You'll find out what's really on the inside. And that's exactly what seemed to happen with FTX this week. And the whole house of coin is tumbling. Now, there was a, a big rebound, of course, uh, with regard to the, the 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 coins when it came to um when it came to the, the the big move and the short squeeze on Thursday and that's good and there was some recollection realization that maybe it doesn't affect all the coins okay that's fine but still the bigger picture is I really don't have uh necessarily an opinion negatively on let's say Bitcoin or on ethereum but you know you go down the list of the alts uh, come on really you go down the list and, and, and the pump and dump schemes, I, just not, not good. And then on top of it, the idea that they're going to create and solve all ills in the world, that we just aspire to be at this, this oh, if only we could do that. And I think by owning Bitcoin, it's going to solve these problems. And then it's going to make me feel good about myself. That's what is this all about? It's the feel good about myself, the apologetic nature of us all in this current environment, this current age that has led to this disastrous result and the Sam Bankman freeds of the world. Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll see something on the other side that there is uh, redeeming qualities of all this, but it just looks terrible. The, 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 the move of uh, losses and the, the, ferocity of the drop in valuation, that's not, it's not normal. There's something inside that's just not normal. There you go. So uh, we're going to close it right there. And uh, hopefully uh, we got a little bit out of this and, and, and some ways to really think about what's happening in the future with the latest CPI res, uh, numbers that came out and the uh, moves in the markets and maybe moving into back into some of the areas that were concerning uh, I think it's a, it's, it's a pretty good idea, and I think it's a long way to go with the opportunities there. Thanks for joining me again. Thanks for joining me each and every week. Be safe. I'll see you again on the other side. Have a great week. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice, or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results, and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information 
should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence, including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training. Advertisements are not related to the host or affiliates and are not considered recommendations by the host of the show or any affiliates of Horowitz & Company. 